Yo, this is Calvin, half of the hosts for the Quarantine Podcast. Just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. It's free and we appreciate your support. Also, follow Justin and I on Instagram to take part in polls and surveys and tell us who you'd like us to interview next. My Instagram is at csmith underscore. That's S-E-E-S-M-I-T-H underscore. Justin's is at jfills underscore. That's at J as in Johnson, P-H-I-L-L-Z underscore. Again, thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy our episodes. What's going on, everybody? I hope that you're healthy and well. This week, Justin and I sat down with Anna Sparks, owner of Sparks Systems. Anna is a health coach that specializes in metabolic efficiency training. She has her bachelor's degree in exercise science and master's degree in exercise physiology. We talked with Anna about overall health, what being metabolically efficient means, and the impact coronavirus has had on her and her clients. Now, keep in mind, even though I admit Dr. Smith does sound cool, I'm not a doctor, so please don't take anything in this episode as medical advice. Now that that's out the way, I hope you enjoy this episode, and be sure to reach out to Anna if you want to learn more. Stay safe. You are now tuned in to the Quarantine Podcast with your host, C. Smith and Jay Fields. Seclusion, sports, and stuff. Let's get it. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode seven of the Quarantine Podcast. It's your host, same host every week, Calvin Smith. And I'm here with my co host, uh, Justin. How you doing, brother? We're back. I'm good, man. I'm good. So today was a busy day for me. I think I had three job interview slash related type things happening. So it's been a busy day, positive day. I'm very excited about that. And I'm also a little tired. Um, we have uh, Anna Sparks with us today. Anna, how are you? I'm awesome. So Thank glad you for here. joining us. I'm so happy that you're here too. Uh, Anna, can you share with the listeners your social media platforms? So we are at Spark Systems um, and hashtag Spark Systems and anything that you see. Um, And then, yeah, so we're on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, awesome. And Anna is a... um, I'm going to say health coach, right? But should we be more specific and say metabolic health coach? Sure. Yeah, I like that. Okay. What's the official? What do you officially go by? Because I feel like you really are specific. Yeah. So actually my background, um, I'm an exercise physiologist. um, Okay. And I'm a metabolic efficiency training specialist. And and so I do not only with Spark Systems – we not only work with um, people for metabolic health coaching, but we also do performance coaching. So anybody okay. out there that is looking for any, you know, athletic endeavors, um, we can work with them as well. But everything starts with focusing on that daily nutrition and making sure that. Yep. And we will we'll get to the specifics for sure later in this interview. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, but first, I want to start with just. Kind of give the listeners uh, a background, I guess. How did you initially get interested or curious about health just in general, being healthy? 
So I have always been in sports. And um, since I was four years old, I played soccer. And then um, when I got into college, I actually went to um, Ole Miss. I went to the University of Mississippi on a um, actually a full scholarship to play soccer there. And I started out with doing um, international business was my was my major. And after I started getting into some of those classes, I'm like, this isn't this isn't my wheelhouse. This isn't what I want to do. And the reason I chose international business was because I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. And I ended up moving into exercise science. And then um, everything I was learning in my classes, I could apply to myself. And especially, right. you know, on and off the field. And so then it just kind of launched me into, um, I went on and got my master's degree in exercise physiology. And, um, and now, you know, I feel like through my education and through all of the experiences that I've had, um, I feel very highly qualified to work with people, um, on any health related condition, um, that they have and just really trying to, uh, maximize longevity, uh, for people. Yeah. So, well, you made like when you made the switch from business to exercise science because those are two different things. Was the main mm-hmm. thing just because you felt like you could apply it immediately to you playing sports? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I knew that I wanted to excel on the soccer field, and um, and so if I could learn everything, you know, all of the differentiators you know, by utilizing the science and apply them to myself, then I knew that I would be a better soccer player, a better teammate, and overall, a healthier individual. Uh, To the the point about uh, Mississippi, because I actually went to school in Mississippi also. I went to William Carey University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Small liberal arts school in southern Mississippi. But my brother-in-law went to Ole Miss around 2006. He played basketball, so I'm not sure when you were there, but... um, yeah, I have some family ties up in Mississippi also. Oh, that's fantastic. I was there, let's see, 99 through 2003. Okay, so just uh, before he got there, a little before yeah. he got there. Yeah. Nice, and nice. I actually came back, though, and got and got my master's degree. Let's see. So, yeah, I would have been there. Mm-hmm. I would have been there when he was there. Um, wow. Yeah. Small world. Crazy. when i got my master's degree i did Mm -hmm. graduate assistantship in strength and conditioning um so i worked in the weight room at ole miss so his name is is neil polonese he played on the basketball team yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's so crazy what a small world world. (laughs) (laughs) but but moving forward so tell us a little bit about your experiences um during your health health journey um before you're an athlete as an athlete and post-athlete Yeah. So, um, you know, I always knew that that nutrition was a big deal. Um, but I didn't necessarily know. Um, I don't really think that, you know, even, even through my, you know, going through just basic health classes in school, Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know if we were taught properly, you know, about really like the impact of sugar, Mm-hmm. Um, and the impact of, you know, eating high carbohydrates, you know, we were, we were raised in that mindset of, if, you know, if you're going to compete, if you're going to be active, you must have copious amounts of, of carbohydrate and energy drinks yep. and Gatorade, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that. And so I definitely fell into that camp. Um, and 
And I would say that probably really early on, I would think that, I mean, obviously I wasn't getting blood tests or anything done, but I would say that I was probably pretty insulin resistant due to my daily nutrition being so high in carbohydrate mm-hmm. and processed foods. Um, but thinking that that was what I was supposed to be eating. Um, and so then going through, you know, being a collegiate athlete and then, um, after college, I ended up coaching in college. Um, and then after my coaching career in college, I transitioned into, um, cycling into, started racing professionally. And that's where I really began to dig into the science and realizing that all of this, you know, high carb, low fat, um, all of the stuff that I had been taught and had been practicing for so long was really hindering my performance and that I could be so much better. Um, and also just have by optimizing my blood sugar and I could do that through just adjusting my daily nutrition. And so it was a complete game changer, you know, as far as like, just, you could see, if you look back at pictures, how my body type changed as well from going from being super inflamed all the time, you know, almost like puffy and Calvin, you know what I'm talking about, right? I know what you mean. Yep. Yep. (laughs) You know, getting your, getting your blood sugar optimized and, and really getting rid of that, you know, that insulin resistance and, and now, you know, having that, you know, more lean, um, Mm -hmm. just fit, you know, body type. Um, and so, and that's, that's where I'm at, you know, that's where I'm at now. And, um, and even though I'm not competing any longer, I still feel that my, you know, my health is, I mean, it's in really good, you know, I'm in good shape, I guess. Um, and I pay close attention to it because it really impacts not only me on an athletic sense, but in everyday life, you know, it impacts the way I think. Um, it impacts the way I interact with, um, my clients and with my family. Um, it impacts my sleep, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, yep. it's a daily practice. It's not just physically, it's mentally also. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Anna, you specialize in metabolic efficiency. So can you just give the listeners just the definition of what, what is metabolic efficiency? Just the definition. Sure. Metabolic efficiency is prioritizing your internal fat stores um, and preserving carbohydrate. And so if I had um, a couple of words just to describe metabolic efficiency, I would say it is blood sugar optimization. I like it. Because I know I was talking to Justin about this interview and he was like, well, what is what is that? So I know a lot of people, I know I didn't know what it was. So I know a lot of people will find that valuable to know what it is. And then how did you find out about it? Uh, how did you find out about being metabolic efficiency? Did you have um, a coach or a friend that told you about it? or? You know, um, I had been doing um, metabolic testing, so where I'm measuring metabolism. And so mm-hmm. I always knew that my goal, once I collected data mm-hmm. on different clients, was to move them towards by utilizing their daily nutrition and altering it, I can move them towards 
them prioritizing their internal fat stores for fuel, like the the stored energy that they already had on board. Yeah. And then they could be as reliant on eating constantly to keep the energy, you know, their energy high to keep their mental acuity on. Um, and right. so I would say that um, just by doing, you know, thousands upon thousands of tests and looking at the data, um, but did I, I don't think that I, I didn't, you know, term it metabolic efficiency. Um, but I did work with, uh, Bob Sebahart, um, and went through his. That's who told you about it initially? Yes. He was the one, I'm pretty sure that he coined the term metabolic efficiency. Um, and, um, so I went in and, and actually went through his course and it was excellent. And, um, but, he, you know, one thing that Bob had said, Anna, you've been doing this for a really long time. You've been doing metabolic efficiency training, you know, with all of your, with all of your athletes for, you know, the last 10, 12 years. Um, but I just wasn't necessarily calling it, calling it that. So. So Anna, so if someone was listening and was wondering, um, you know, am I metabolically efficient or inefficient? What are some symptoms or clues they should look for in, uh, knowing that? Sure. So if you think about um, how often you are hungry, mm-hmm. you know, if you could go longer periods of time without, you know, really like feeling hunger pangs, you mm-hmm. know, and now I'm mm-hmm. talking like a lot of people abide by the premise of that eating, you know, six small meals throughout the day is really good, you know, but I would say someone who is metabolically efficient would not necessarily um, be reliant on constantly consuming food and being in that fed state. If you're metabolically efficient, your body is able to utilize its stored energy for fuel. Mm. So that would be one indication um, that they're not feeling hungry all the time because their body is using what it already has on board. Now, does diet pay, uh, play any anything in the type of symptoms or how does a diet based around being metabolically uh, efficient look for versus the standard American uh, diet? For sure. Someone who's metabolically efficient would typically eat a lower, lower carbohydrate, mm. um, higher fat, moderate protein. Daily eating plan would 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 typically be um, someone who is metabolically efficient. That's pretty sustainable for them. Um, and so definitely that lower, you know, lower carbohydrate, but not, not keto, not paleo. It's a metabolic efficient way of living, you know? So it's not a diet. It's, it's a lifestyle. So keto, so keto, isn't it really considered a diet or, or is it? Keto is, is definitely a diet. Keto is very, I would say keto is is very drastic. Now, someone who's metabolically efficient, though, that doesn't mean they may actually go in and out of ketosis if mm. they are metabolically efficient. But it doesn't mean that they stay in a constant state of, you know, of ketosis all of the time. Um, right. So. Um, and, okay. and then, yeah, to the point of diet. So. If I'm listening to this right now, Anna, and I'm on my way, I'm in my car, I'm on, on the way to the grocery store, what are some simple changes I can make to improve my metabolic efficiency? Like what things should I look for in the store? So I would go straight to where your protein sources are and I would start there. Um, 
so any, you know, animal, animal protein, um, is going to be, it's going to have fat in it. And so when people Mm -hmm. think of like a ketogenic diet and they are adding a lot of just a lot of saturated fat, um, and eating a lot of calories, I would say that that's not necessarily the way to go. So I would start with that protein and that protein already has a lot of, a lot of fat in it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then from the protein section, I would then go to the non-starchy vegetable section to your produce section. And when you're thinking about your, um, your metabolic efficient plate, it's going to be, um, utilizing protein, right? So we use what we call our, our hand model. And so the left hand, um, from the base of your wrist, to the tip of your middle finger, you're going to need that amount of protein in every meal. And so start with that protein and then your right hand, um, again, from the base of your wrist to the tip of your middle finger, you're going to need a minimum of two handfuls of non-starchy vegetables. And if you want to know the difference between a starchy vegetable and a non-starchy vegetable, your starchy vegetables are the ones that are going to grow in the ground that typically you have to cook. But your non-starchies are the ones that are going to grow above the ground. So think about like your lettuces, your mm. broccoli, cauliflower. Exactly, yeah. So you want to make sure that that plate has a minimum of two handfuls of those non-starchy vegetables on it. And then you're going to garnish with the good fats. And those good fats, like I said, that protein, if that if that left hand, that protein source is an animal source, you're getting a lot of good fat in there already. But when you garnish with the good fats, I mean like your olive oils, your avocado oil, your coconut oil, your high quality cheeses, your avocados, your nuts and seeds. Um, I love avocado. Yeah. So, so don't think about having to add all of this, you know, you know, unsaturated fats or excuse me, saturated fats to your meals, just garnish with some of those good fats. Um, and it adds a lot of flavor, you know, as well. And instead of when you go into that supermarket, going straight to the aisles, typically if you can stay around the perimeter of the store, that's going to be best. And that's where your, you know, your butcher is and where your produce section is. Um, and so in the middle part of the supermarket in the aisles, that's where you're going to find all your processed foods, you know, all your packaged foods, processed oils. Um, and we want to, we want to desperately try to stay away from those. Um, so, and that's, that's how you can become that's that's interesting. <laughs> sorry, sorry for cutting you off, but that, that's kind of interesting of, of how you stay staying around the perimeter. Cause I never really noticed, or well, knew that as far as like, if you really think about it, the perimeter is where all your good, good products are. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then when, at- you're, when you're going in that supermarket, always like do your mm-hmm. best, that hand model in mind when you're, when you're grabbing, you know, um, items to put in your cart. So protein. what are some good protein? Yeah. What's some good protein sources for your, for the vegan, vegan and vegetarian listeners? Yeah. So you're going to want to, for a vegetarian, and a vegan too, you're going to want to probably combine, um, some of your whole grains, um, with your non-starchies, um, in order to create a complete protein and, and understand too, that, um, vegetarian vegan, it is, it is extremely difficult to get, 
um, all of your protein, you know, you have to work, you have to really be, you know, conscious of it and have a really good plan. Um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't do it at all. We work with a lot of, a lot of vegans. We work with a lot of vegetarians. We work with people that are interested in doing a carnivore diet or doing a keto diet, any of them. Um, we can definitely guide, but you know, just having a plan when you go into that supermarket of how you can combine things in order to create a complete protein is going to be the best bet. Now is, is plant, is, is plant-based and vegan the same thing or what's the plant-based diet? Well, your plant-based, um, is, it is pretty close to, to vegan. Um, I don't know if most of the plant-based cause they're not going to do any fish or eggs. And so if, if sometimes if, uh, a vegetarian, or excuse me, a vegan, if they're open to utilizing some pasture grazed eggs, um, sometimes that can be, you know, extremely beneficial for them being able to hit their protein requirements. Um, but again, I totally understand if they're, you know, adamant about not getting, you know, not using any animal products at all, they can still get adequate protein. It's just going to be a little bit more difficult. Got it. Got it. Um, I wanted to jump back real quick about the metabolic efficiency. Are, are there any formal tests that people can take to measure their efficiency? Absolutely. So, and that's what we offer. We, we offer metabolic efficiency testing. So, um, the first test we do is a resting metabolic test, and that's going to determine your resting energy expenditure. So how many calories you need every day just for Mm -hmm. function, just for survival. But the real power comes in of those calories. What is, what percentage is coming from fat and what's coming from carbohydrate. So that gives us a really good snapshot of what your, what your metabolism looks like and what your body is preferring for fuel. Um, and then we move a client into an active metabolic test. And now we're going to get a, a great snapshot of what your active metabolism looks like. So we'll be able to tell you the exact heart rate range or intensity in which you can exercise in order to maximize that fat utilization. So to get your body to where at rest and during activity, it is still preferring those internal fat stores for fuel. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can see why LeBron James spends $1.5 million on, on his body per year. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if he's a uh, metabolically efficient. You know, I think that super LeBron, lean. does he do, um, does he do, does he do keto most of the time? I'm not sure. Do you know Justin? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally totally familiar. He's definitely slimmed up and leaned out, though. He has. He has. Yeah, so he might be doing something like that. Um, but, but, one but thing I want to ask. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Cal. Yeah, I just wanted to ask real quick. So, for you know, there's a lot of people who are constantly on the go, or they're quote unquote too busy to eat healthy. What are some simple steps that? they can start taking to kind of adjust the way they eat to become healthy and then are ideally metabolically efficient? Well, I think that, you know, starting to look for snacks or foods that are not packaged, right? So if you think if it has a wrapper around it, let's like, let's try to go a different direction. Um, And so really starting to look at 
foods that are um, a little bit higher in fat and protein. And so going for those high quality cheeses, um, more for your avocados, for your pastured raised eggs, um, doing, I don't know if a lot, if any of your listeners like, I love sardines. Um, sardines Those are good. Yeah. High Not and Not anchovies too. Anchovies. I like really? anchovies on pizza. Really? Anchovies. Yeah. Don't judge me. So, <laughs> in the morning we'll do, um, you know, we'll make some jammy eggs and then put some sardines, you know, some, um, sardines in the middle and have eggs and sardines and it's insanely delicious. Um, but that's quick, you know, and that's a full meal too. You have three, you know, jammy eggs with a can of sardines. Um, and that's super simple thinking about making, you know, if you go into a grocery store and you only have time to grab the already pulled, you know, rotisserie chicken, um, and then maybe you grab some of that avocado oil mayonnaise, right? So it's not made with any processed oils and you add that to your, to your rotisserie chicken. And then maybe a handful of nuts, like the walnuts that you were eating today, Calvin. And then from that, my Perrier water, I felt fancy. (laughs) (laughs) And instead of putting that, you know, that chicken salad, you've got a chicken salad now, instead of putting that on bread, you know, just scoop it out with your celery sticks or your carrot stick, you know? Um, and so that's a really quick, simple meal, uh, very nutritious and, um, it's going to fill you up. So thinking along those lines of, um, using nuts, you know, just grabbing a handful of nuts, um, trying to make sure that if you are going to have, you know, carbohydrates that you're going to combine a good fat with it. So lots of, um, nut butters, you know, doing celery and nut cashew butter, cashew butter. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like to eat, um, I'm pretty basic now. One of my favorite snacks is avocado toast. So Ooh. that's one of the uh, things I like. That's and I throw good. some, yeah, I'll throw some MCT oil in my coffee too. So I have that with the avocado toast and I'm good. Yeah. I would say that my quarantine go-to has been, um, I get full fat yogurt. And then I put a scoop of almond butter in it and mix it up. And it's Ooh. like heaven. It's That like, sounds I, crazy. It's so good. It's so good. I'm about to try that. Yeah. Um, Anna, talk to us a little bit about the services your company offers and the goals and objectives you guys set up for your client. And then part two, um, what's the process of the journey that someone can take and expect to go through um, with working with you? So we offer... Metabolic health coaching, which is basically going to help address a client's, um, their nutrition, but also it it goes a lot farther than just their nutrition. We're going to work on their, our three pillars of health are going to be nutrition, movement, and breathing. And that breathing is that stress management component. So any, any client that comes to work with us on any of our services, we are always going to make sure that we're nailing all three of those pillars. So regardless if they come to us and they're just wanting their, their daily nutrition, 
um, needing help working with their daily nutrition. We know that once they start feeling better, then they're going to want to start moving more. And then we move into that movement component. And then once they're, once they're moving more too, we're starting to talk to them about their breathing and, and really managing stress. And, you know, Mm. our, our goal at the end of the day is to, we want to empower people with the tools to take control of their health and to feel awesome every day. So regardless yep. of coming to us for metabolic health coaching or performance coaching and the performance coaching, typically they, it is, it is a client that has a, maybe an athletic goal in mind that they want to do. They want to, um, you know, compete in an event or they just want to be able to, you know, um, play with their grandkids, mm-hmm. you know, and they want, they need some structure. And I know that sounds crazy that they would hire a performance coach, but they need structure every day with their, with their exercise um, and how to make it as efficient as possible. Cause at the end of the day, you know, time is the only thing that we can't get back. And, um, and I so agree. Thrive once they have thrive in structure. And then we also offered um, meal plans. So if someone oh, wow. in there, like, I just need to know, what to eat, when to eat it. I need recipes. I need instructions. Um, you know, we also have a within our meal planning service a way that they can upload their grocery list um, into Instacart and have the groceries delivered to their houses or schedule for pickup. Um, and so that's our me- metabolic meal planning. And then we have testing. And our testing is usually what we start with with our metabolic health coaching and performance coaching clients. Um, so someone would come in for a metabolic efficiency test and that gives us a baseline measurement and a starting point for their program. And then Mm -hmm. we're going to, um, we're going to spend the next, however long, three months, six months, um, the next year empowering them with those tools to take control of their health, you know, and really creating, um, a sustainable lifestyle for them. Wow. Wow. Great. That's, That's, crazy stuff. That's great stuff. It's, it's, it's more than yeah. just the diet. It's a lifestyle, which mm-hmm. this is intriguing so much about me and the story you're telling us is this, uh, it's a whole lifestyle that that one should follow or must follow in order to be in the best possible shape possible. And I think too. And, uh, one thing that you pointed out to me before is like, if someone does start making these changes or going back and forth between how they normally eat and then this new way of quote unquote being metabolically efficient is you always tell me, just pay attention to how you feel after what you eat certain things. Mm. And I think that was a, that was a huge, mm. uh, that was, I mean, great advice to me that you gave me. And I was like, well, I, I did start paying attention. And then, you know, you take fast or rewind three years ago. I thought, you know, having gas was normal. And now you don't, Worry, worry about that or have that like just simple things that you think are normal and then you find out there's another way of living and not being uncomfortable or bloated all the time it's just really amazing i love hearing that good job calvin yeah. it's so true <laughs> you know I, I, I listen to some of what you tell me yeah <laughs> I always am, you know, trying to get people to connect the dots you know in that do you understand that this is this is why you are feeling this way you know and um and it can be different. You can change it and, and we will change it. And then you're now you have 
the decision is now yours. You're in control of your health, right? So mm -hmm. if, you right. Feel, if you want to have gas, if you want to feel bloated, then go ahead and eat that. But at least yeah. you know what the outcome's going to be. And you know the reason right. that it's happening, you know? Right, and right. You're in control. Yeah. You can decide that. Or you can decide that you don't want to feel that way. And so maybe you choose a different path. So, yep. yeah. And then can you talk to us about, you know, how do you feel with this whole coronavirus thing going on? How do you feel like that's impacted the health industry or what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Are you seeing more people come to you motivated to be healthy? Oh, 100%. It's been great. I mean, not saying that this coronavirus is great, but... If, yeah. you, if you've noticed, if I'm sure that everyone, you know, listening to this has been watching the news that the people that are, that are getting coronavirus and that are maybe not being able to get over it are the ones that are diabetic, hypertensive, you know, obese, and ones that maybe haven't been putting priority on their health, you know? And so I would say that right. now more people will, I mean, they don't want to get, they don't want to get sick, but what I've loved about this time is that the amount of people I see out walking now every day and being, Same, active, yeah. you know, and, and I don't really, you know, maybe in the beginning they were doing it out of fear, you know, cause like, Hey, hold on. I've got to, if I can, you know, build my immune, boost my immune system, then I won't get, you know, I won't get sick. So the best way to do right. that is I'm going to get outside and I'm going to walk and be active. But now, you know, we've been in this for, you know, over a month. Now I think people are beginning to connect the dots that they feel so much better, you know, they yes. feel good and they're cooking at home. You know, that's the best thing that you can do for your health too, is just be in control of the foods that you're putting in your mouth. And how do you do that? Well, cook it yourself. Now, you know, everything yep. that's going in. Um, so yes, we've had, you know, a lot of people reaching out, even though we haven't up until yesterday, we started, we started testing again. Um, but we still have people, you know, reaching out, coming in, um, doing, you know, more zoom calls and phone calls and getting people started on the program. Um, it's been, it's been great. And I think it's only going to continue to, uh, get better. I agree. Free exercise, get the free endorphins. You know, a lot of the news is doom and gloom. You go on a walk, you are going to feel better. It's just, it's a science-based fact. You know what I mean? So I think that's another positive to this time. Um, what other, uh, I know you mentioned, we're going to close it up here. So I know you mentioned the yogurt and the almond butter, was it? It was your favorite yeah. quarantine snack? Yes. <laughs> Any others? Um. We have been making frittatas. Um, and I love frittatas because it's so versatile. You can have it for, you know, at breakfast time, it can be, you know, a snack that you take with you on a hike. Um, it could be a dinner. And so basically anything um, that we have in our, you know, in our refrigerator, you can saute it up, roast it up, throw it in that frittata and you've got, you've got a great meal. So I would say frittatas, we've been too. Um, experimenting with a lot of different ones. Okay. And then a uh, favorite quarantine movie and or show. Oh, geez. Well, so my daughter had never seen the movie big 
And so we watched Big. The I other haven't seen that either. Day. You haven't seen Big? Mm-hmm. Way back. Oh, I'm what is that? Oh, gosh. Um, Tom Hanks, like, oh, you should watch it. It's so good. But so we watched Big. And then um, the other series that we just started, and it's only four. I'm reading the book right now, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And there's a Netflix uh-huh. series. I think I've seen that, yeah. And it's so good. And uh, so Is it anyway, about nutrition? Yeah. Well, it's about utilizing, you know, salt, fat, acid, and heat in your foods in order okay. to make them more nourishing. And, you know, but they are, you know, how to cook. It's a, it's basically a cookbook, but there's a Netflix um, documentary out that's on it. So maybe I'll watch that tonight. You should. I've been watching a lot of, yeah, I've been trying to like stay in tune with the Netflix top five. And I don't know if it's a coincidence or what. Most of that stuff is good, but a lot of it is kind of dark. So maybe I'll switch it up tonight and watch something else more positive. We started watching Ozark as well. Yeah, it's really good. And we're on what season three, and it is when you talked about being dark, it's dark. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's good, but it's dark. I've watched every season. I'm I'm late to I'm late to the party. I still haven't checked Ozark out yet. Justin, what is your favorite um, (laughs) or um, series on? Say that again. What's your favorite uh, movie or series that's on right now? Oh, that's on right now. Um, See, I'm not. I haven't. Well, I'm actually watching Insecure. That's a pretty pretty cool show on uh, HBO. I actually just finished finished that one up. Um, but I don't, I don't really watch too much series or movies much. I'm either always producing, making music or, um, playing Xbox. <laughs> I'm kind of a geek. Okay. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but I, I, I need a show to watch though, but I'm not sure. Ozark, man. Trust me. Just get outside. Just be yeah, outside. I, I actually ran three miles today. So that was good. good for nice, you. man. Yeah. 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 You're slacking though, man. Last time you told me you ran six miles. Why are you? I did. I did. Today? Maybe it was the tacos I had yesterday. Oh, back to, yeah. back, back to the diet. <laughs> Maybe it made me feel too sluggish. <laughs> I only got three in today. That's funny. All right, Anna. Well, thank you for your time. Can you just let the listeners know one more time where to find you on social? Yes. Yeah, so you can find us at, at Spark Systems. Um, we are on Instagram and Facebook. And then our website is sparkssystems.net. Awesome. And I've already said uh, Justin and I's handles about a thousand times. So you guys know where to find us at. And we thank you for tuning in and join us on the next episode. Thank you, guys. Thank you.